Okay, y'all. So let's talk about beginnings. Let's talk about where it started. And um, this is, you know, my story. This is me sharing. So I'm going to always come from what I've experienced and my thoughts and my opinions. And no, I am not a doctor. Um, These are just based off of my own experience, my research, um, and just my life. So in saying that, let's jump in. So there has to be a level of awareness there. There has to be like, if you are not aware of yourself, then all of this, um, in my opinion, can't happen. But if you're listening to this, if you're here, if you're open to even hearing this, then I, um, will go on a limb and say that, you know, you step in into your awareness We're we're getting there. And, and that's the, the best thing that you can do. It's just the effort is the growth. So as I said before, I have two children, one seven, um, a boy, Brian, and 14-year-old girl, Ava. They're seven years apart and they're different genders. So my experiences with both of them have been very different. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about what was it, what was that moment for me that changed the way that I wanted to parent my children? And it was different in both of my children, and it happened in two different ways. So I tell people all the time that, you know, when you have children, people expect that, oh, you love your children unconditionally and you would do anything for them. And I'm going to go ahead and say that the shit that I'm going to say on here is my real honest opinion. And it might ruffle some feathers. You may not agree with it. It may be whatever, but it is my truth. And I find that in my truth brings me peace. And I hope, you know, you adopt that same (laughs) belief and be truthful with yourself because it's not perfect. Um, Or it's not, you know, the beaver family. It's it's just not. And if you live that life, like (laughs) kudos to you (laughs) in whatever world you live in. Um, But I see a lot of parents where we love our children But a lot of us don't even know what unconditional love is. So when you don't know what something is, then it, how can you possibly give that? You can, you know what obligation is, you know what commitment is, you know what expectations are. Um, But a lot of us, especially a lot of us to get to this point, we don't know what unconditional love is because we weren't given unconditional love. So I can tell you, Uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I did not love anyone, not even myself, unconditionally. I had no idea what that concept was um, until I started my own just personal um, self-healing journey and started reading and just started discovering things. So like I said, starts with awareness, starts with you. um, And it starts with wanting to making that decision. Like I want to love my children unconditionally. I wrote it down. I said it as an affirmation. Um, and then I started asking myself, what did that look like? What does a mother who unconditionally love her children, what does that look like? What does she sound like? How does she act with them? What does she say to them? What does she do for them? What does she give to them? How does she carry herself? What does she give to herself? I started asking myself those questions. Um, and I, you know, put together what I thought and I just started to be her. So, Um, with my son, it was one day, it was, um, back to school time and I had got him like two pairs of shoes, um, or maybe it was Christmas time. It was that they came after a break. I can't remember, 
but he got two new pairs of shoes and I remember um he got dressed for school and he went to after school care at the time and I went to pick him up and he just he looked like he jumped in every single mud puddle like he was like yo yo like (laughs) where's those mud puddles at and he jumped in every single one of them and I was so aggravated and I expressed that to him and I was like you just got those shoes or or whatever I said like that was the first thing I said when he saw me like your shoes are dirty like oh my god you just got those shoes you need to you know and I'm just fussing and, and I'm telling him to get in the car and I'm trying to calm myself because this is again after I decided that I wanted to um, that I was going to love my children unconditionally. So I'm trying to calm myself, but that's how I was, you know, brought up. Like you take care of your things. Like you don't get your brand new shoes dirty. So fast forward to the next day and I'm telling him to put his shoes on. And the question he asked me was, mommy, what shoes can I put on that if I get them dirty, you won't be mad at me? And in that moment, it was as if it it was just like a bullet right into my heart because in that moment, I started asking myself, like, what am I teaching my child? What am I showing him? What am I telling him is important? And what I was telling him is that mommy's feelings are more important. You know, making mommy happy is more important than me feeling joy. And making sure that we keep the things that we have and, and, and we keep them clean and they're perfect because clothes and shoes are very, very important. And also, you shouldn't do what you love. Like we should hold back because of these other things. And to him, I said, baby, wear whatever shoes you want and get them as dirty as you want. And I had to ask myself, like, why was it important? Like, why did I make that decision to put him in some name brand shoes? And I started digging into that attachment. And if you haven't already, please go read the four agreements. Like, please go read um, the four agreements and please go read again the five levels of attachment. I'm going to, I am going to refer you to some books. So please, there's going to be a book referral in at least every podcast, I promise. Um, Four agreements and five levels of attachment. Please um, go check those books out. Listen to them, read them, utilize them in your life. Um, But I had an attachment of my child's outward appearance and my worthiness or or my, um, like me, I had correlated the two in, in, my child looking good or my child wearing brand names equals me being a good parent in my brain. That's what I had. And that's what I was teaching them. Like, like if you, it was better for you to look good. It's better for you to have these things than for you to actually enjoy life. I don't know about you, but jumping in mud puddles, like just, just like, I love nature. And that is probably, you know, that's that's fucking fun to do. Like it's some fun shit. (laughs) And I had put this attachment on my children's outward appearance as, you know, signifying me being a good mom. Like if they look good on the outside, that meant I was a good mom. 
and I was putting that on them and, and I started thinking like why does it matter if you think I'm a good mom based on you know brand shoes and and you know also tied into that was a uh, race for me um making sure that my children weren't perceived then less than and that's something deeply rooted and we'll dive real deep into that in another episode um but I just wanted to touch on that just kind of really realizing the attachments that I had to certain things and how they were formulating my parenting style, like how these attachments I was then projecting onto my children and showing them what's, what's, what has worth and what doesn't. And I did not want my son growing up thinking that his experiences were less valuable than a pair of shoes because they're not um whether he has nikes or adidas or you know bobos from walmart he's gonna be happy and i want to teach him that his happiness and his joy is ultimately what matters and i started moving differently when it came to him and what I was projecting on him um, from that day. Um, And no, it's not perfect. And again, I will throw that out there, but it is perfectly perfect. Um, But that was the aha moment. That was the, now this shit got to change. Like, let's fix this shit moment (laughs) with my son. Um, With my daughter, it wasn't as pretty and it wasn't as simple so again this is a space where we're going to be real this is a space where we're going to be honest this is a space where you know Kim is going to tell you about her shit and this shit is not pretty but I don't think (laughs) that this is I think it is messy and beautiful um but I will say that with my daughter being 14, of course, she's had more time with the way that I was parenting. So for her, our journey has to be different and it is different. Um, But even with the pivotal moment with my son, I started treating both of them differently. But for mine and my daughter's individual journey, let's dive into that story. Um, And again, please, this is... um, this is me sharing personal information with you. So in, in attempts to really helping and opening up this, this area, this, this opportunity so we can talk about it, so we can change it. Right. Okay. So uh, at the time I was living in Hattiesburg, Mississippi and, um, if you don't know where that is good for you, (laughs) no, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was living in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I had moved to Biloxi, Mississippi a few years back from then. I was married. Um, me and my ex-husband were married and he is in the Air Force. So we got stationed Biloxi, Mississippi. I also had moved my grandma and my mom to Mississippi with us. And my mom ended up moving back home and my grandma stayed there. Um, so after, um, I lived there for a bit, me and my ex-husband got divorced and I took a job in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, which was about an hour and a half away. So one, uh, weekend 
um, I was visiting my grandmother and she wanted me to help her go over her bank statement. And on her bank statement was a bunch of DoorDash orders. And my grandma doesn't have DoorDash. And I'm looking at the DoorDash and she's just like, I asked Ava if she used my card and she said, you know, she won't answer me. And when I started looking deep, deeper into the charges, I saw that it was my daughter, Ava. Like my daughter, Ava had, um, apparently my grandmother had gave her my, her card one time to use. And apparently my daughter had just took it up on her, you know, upon herself to just order and um, whatever she wanted and I calculated everything and it was like almost $700 over a course of a maybe a month maybe two months of DoorDash that she had ordered off of my grandmother's card and in that moment I was so embarrassed I was so furious I was just so aggravated and my daughter wasn't with me at um she was at a salon because <laughs> right before all this um she wanted to get some color in her hair and I was like oh hey we're all for expressing yourself as long as it's not hurting you right cool so I'm totally aggravated at this point so not only is she like off getting a privilege done I'm you know with my grandmother feeling embarrassed that my child has stole from her essentially like my child stole from my grandmother so get to the salon. I pick her up and I'm just fuming. I'm so mad. I'm getting in the car. We got in the car and we're driving this hour and a half back and I am just raging and I'm just telling her how just disgusted I am and how dare her and, and, you know, just, I am just really going in on her and just how, just really going in, just, just really going in and, my disappointment and embarrassment on what she had did. And I remember feeling like I, I wanted her to feel bad and she wasn't feeling bad. Like, and that was making me even more angry. Like, how could you do this thing? And then you're just smug. Like I felt like she was smug. I felt like she didn't care. And it was making me more aggravated. And the more aggravated I became, the more things that I said you know, wanting her to be upset. Like I wanted her to feel bad about what she did. Like I was shaming her. Um, and I don't even remember how long of that, you know, that went on for, but I do, what happened was she said something along the lines, like, I know, like, I know you didn't want me anyways. Like, I know you never wanted me. And Let's pause right there, right? Because it's so easy for people to say, especially about teenagers or children in general, oh, they're manipulative. Oh, they're manipulating you. They're they're trying to, to, to get an agenda. Yeah, you know, maybe you think that way because that's what you do. But at the same time, they're still your children. So even if you feel like that's a manipulation tactic, even if you feel like they're trying to get out of something, hear them out. You know, just, just give them the, the, <laughs> give them opportunity. Like, you know, like there's so many situations where we let just people just tell us all types of BS and bold face lies. But with our children, it's like, we have no ability to just give them the benefit of the doubt. So when she said that, I instantly thought like, I did, my mind did go there. Like, oh, you're trying to pin this. And then I was like, okay, Kim, calm down. And then I asked her, what did you mean by that? And she says to me, you know, my dad said that the reason, 
you had me was because you wanted him. And if before what my son said was a gunshot, this was a motherfucking shotgun. Okay. Like this was like, boom, like (laughs) this was like, damn, you know, like I remember Dave Chappelle had a stand up and he was like, buckshot, (laughs) buckshot, buckshot. Like this was like, like total massacre, like heart just gone. And I, I, oh my gosh, was even more full of just rage and anger just for a different reason. Like I was, oh, and, um, as we get to know each other more, you know, divulging the full relationship of, um, how I co-parent is something that we will share, but I was just so angry at him. So mad. Like, how dare you? Like, how would you even do that and I started to change like okay so if this is the situation I need to address this right because why is she doing this like why that's what I had to ask myself so we talked and I essentially was telling her like I did want her like like don't think that way and I was doing my absolute best not to throw her dad under the bus because I wanted to say fuck him you know but I didn't um I feel like I did my best to come from that situation and explain like I do want you and and we eventually made it home conversation still happening and she says to me she's like you know you always try to make yourself out to be better than my dad I was like, God damn, these kids trying to kill me like shit. (laughs) Yo, like, I don't know where I was. The fact that I was willing, accepted the fact that I put it out in the universe that I wanted to love my, my, my children unconditionally. And like the universe works, God was just like, okay, then baby, we gonna show you a couple things. Like we gonna show you exactly (laughs) what you need to fix in order to give your kids unconditional love and oh my gosh I was speechless I was so speechless because she was right because up until that moment I've always thought of myself as the better parent and I just looked at my actions over the past hour and a half and how the fuck could I judge someone else when I literally spent an hour or 30 minutes or however it was berating my child and shaming her but had the audacity to put myself on a pedestal to act like I was better than her father like where where they do that at you know, like, uh. um, and that, that was the moment that was our moment. That was like a, I think I was speechless for maybe like the rest of the day, like in, in that sense, like I still talk to my kids, but speechless in a sense of like someone tells you some shit so deep and so hard. You just like, you can't even recover that day. Like, you just got to come back. Like, you just got to rest on it and come back. 
and um, it hurt. It hurt, but it really, it was like the rose-colored glasses came off and I was reviewing tape or reviewing memories, reviewing memories like you would, you know, rewind through something and looking at how I dealt with situations, looking at how I spoke to her, looking at, you know, how I would place myself to be the better parent. Well, you know, your dad does this and, you know, I would never say anything negative, but the perspective I would give her was like, you have to love people where they're at and your dad is at this place. Like, you know, who the fuck am I to tell, you know, listen, <laughs> let me get my shit together. Um, And that my 14 year old picked up on that. Like she really called me out on my bullshit. And those were the moments for each of my children where I realized that it was a lot, like it was a lot. It was like doo-doo pie in here. It was full of shit, full of bullshit that I no longer wanted to participate in. I no longer wanted in my home. I no longer wanted a part of my parenting style. I no longer wanted to teach my children. I no longer wanted to create this atmosphere of me against my children other than me and my children against the problem. Um, and that's where it started for me. So again, I hope this episode helps. Um, I am so, so excited on just having some guests on here, giving you guys some different perspective on some really fun, interesting, hard topics. So again, this is your girl, Kim, and, um, let's fix this shit. All right. Thank you so much for listening.